Welcome to the Divorce Devil Podcast. I'm David. And I'm Rachel. Follow us as we dive into all the positive and negatives of post-divorce recovery. Stay tuned for some real and sometimes raw end-of-the-road divorce topics. Please put on your big pants because we're full of honesty, authenticity, and irrefutable truths. This progressive podcast ain't for the faint-hearted. Enjoy. Welcome everyone out there to the Divorce Devil Podcast. We'd like to welcome Joe from the Dirty Dishes Podcast. Her podcast is about love, life, addiction, infertility, struggles, divorce, anger, and frustration. She has graciously agreed to discuss a few topics on divorce, including working through anger, frustration, expectations, communication, and a host of other subjects associated with divorce. So welcome, Joe. And uh, Joe, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I grew up in the Midwest and I stayed there. I didn't move. Um, I'm in Indiana. Um, where the seasons change on a whim and um, I met my ex-husband when I was 21 it was a blind date and I thought that was how yes (laughs) I thought that's how it was supposed to go Um, that's also how my parents met so I thought oh my gosh this is gonna be great magical I'm gonna meet the person of my dreams and Unfortunately, um, 13 years later, we were divorced and kind of the catalyst for that divorce was the fact that um, he was dating online while we were married. Yeah, kind of not a good thing to do. No, no. (laughs) Um, So was the divorce process long, arduous, quick? Um, it lasted six months longer than what it should have because he would not file the paperwork on his end properly. So it really took some time. Um, it took six months longer than what it should have. Okay. And we ended up being married, um, 14 years (laughs) because of that. (laughs) Wow. So yeah, it added another year because he just refused to file. So. Yeah, mine took 18 months due to the practice in the business. And I, oh, okay. I, I thought that was forever. You know, I didn't see oh, any, yeah. any uh, type of alleviation in the end. There was no end game. And then all of a sudden it was over. Right. And then you have that feeling of emptiness, you know, like, you know, we talked about before, like, what, what, oh, what do yeah. I do next? Yeah. Yeah, I I felt like I had to, um, I didn't want to stick around. Like we had this awkward situation for a little bit where I was in the process of trying to move out of the house. Um, I had gotten an apartment, so it was a little awkward. You know, you're trying to share a home with somebody that you no longer yep. want to share it with. And you're trying to divide up assets and you're trying to do that as amicably as possible if that's... <laughs> even possible when you go through divorce sometimes it takes a while to get to a place where you can be amicable with each other because there's a lot of hurt and there's a lot of frustration and anger when you're going through all that i've known people that have actually gone through an amicable divorce and mine was not and i think probably Mm -hmm. 90 percent of them are not and so when i hear that it's almost foreign to me you know, it's like, how did you oh, do it? Me too. Uh, we lived right. in a house together after filed, after she filed probably, I want to say eight months. I moved oh, downstairs wow. okay. in the home theater and had a little bachelor pad, no pun intended, <laughs> and uh, saw my kids every morning and night before we actually did the split split. And like you said, it was weird 
being home, you know, in the mm-hmm. same house at, at the same time when you know that it's not going to work. What ways did you uh, start to heal? What were your what were your go to strengths and or methods after the divorce was um, over? I did therapy um, that kind of helped me through working through some of my anger and frustration and trying to learn like. Um, I guess a little bit more of red flags in relationships. Also, um, I had a really good support group with my friends. Um, they were pretty, pretty supportive and they were there to kind of walk me through because I had, um, a really close friend of mine who actually went through a divorce and she kind of walked me through what I was going to be dealing with. Had I not had her tell me, Hey, these are the steps you're going to take. This is how it's going to feel. These are the grieving process that you're going to go through, that was so beneficial to me to have somebody um, to go to and say, hey, is this normal? Is this is what I'm feeling right now? Is this typical? Because you don't know what's new or everything's new to you. You don't know what's typical yet. <laughs> yeah. Were there friends that you had to let go? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Um, I had a really good friend of mine whose name was Jennifer and she was friends with my ex-husband and her husband was also friends with my ex-husband. So I kind of, I guess, lost them in the divorce Mm -hmm. because they basically ended up choosing sides, which I think um, sometimes you forget about that in divorce. You think that most people, when you go through a divorce, when you're older in your thirties or forties or thereafter you think people are going to be amicable and you think that people are not going to choose sides but um ultimately that's what i had happen was that they chose sides and they chose him at the end of the day (laughs) which is okay which is fine yeah yeah yeah. what can you speak to uh our listeners uh i talk about realistic expectations where where you go into divorce and you have no clue what's going on but like, like you said you know your friend was able there to guide you a little bit and mm-hmm. and have some real more realistic expectations because you, right. there's some craziness. You know, people get crazy, especially it when is. money's involved. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. splitting assets. Uh, there was a time where we were discussing um, uh, the, the the kids, and her lawyer mm-hmm. said that well, Johnson and Johnson or Masters and Johnson, whoever and Johnson said that it's <laughs> it's better for the kids to be with the mom, and I said. I, I'm a 50% father. I, I want him half and half. Right. And I fought for that. Right. And if I didn't learn that from a friend of mine, I would have just given in. And oh, been, yeah. And been miserable, you know. So it, it's almost like the rights of the father. Fathers are coming to head where before the women had all the rights. And and it should right. be equal because I don't know about Indiana, but Colorado is, is a no-fault state. Indiana is very pro-mom. Okay. And that's something that that I find difficult with this state is that they are very pro the children should be with the mom, kind of that I would call it the old school thinking. Um, and guys and dads really have to prove their case here, unfortunately. Wow. And I hope at some point it gets it gets away from that here that that thinking stops because dads are just as beneficial as a mom. Yeah. You know, um, I have a stepdaughter and we have her 50 50. And I think it's really beneficial that she is here with us half and half. It's it's so important. That's cool. I remember a movie back in the 70s called Kramer versus Kramer. Oh, yes, yes, Kramer yeah. versus Kramer. And yes. uh, the yes. dad, Dustin Hoffman, I think. 
Yeah. Yes. The yeah. dad had the kid one every other weekend. Mm-hmm. And that's what they were looking at in my case. I was like, oh, hell no. No, that's not going to work. For right. Me. Yeah. Uh, like no. you said, you know, the, uh, you know, they need that mom time and, and the dad time. And what's interesting is yes. more times than not, when there is a when there is an amicable divorce, both people are kind of equal. But when there's mm-hmm. a divorce that's nasty, there's always a dominant. I, I don't say right or one that's less <laughs> less of an asshole. There we go. How's that? Right, right. <laughs> Yeah. I had to really work to take the high road. I don't know about you, but oh, I God, had yes. to, yeah. yes, I had to keep quiet. I had to sit back with like mutual friends that were telling me like, you know, you guys can make this work. You know, you, you've been together for X amount of years. You guys can do this. You can pull this off. And I was like, no, I'm done. You know, I, yeah. I've tried and he didn't want to try and they didn't seem to always understand that. And so I think, you know, people, people who haven't been through it, they think yeah. that because their marriage is solid, that people should soldier on and continue, even if it's a bad situation or it's an unpleasant one. You talked about red flags earlier. What are some of the red flags that come up now in your frame relationships or dating relationships? What are some of the red flags? I'll tell you a few of mine, but go ahead. Um, it's always a red flag to me, um, when the person doesn't want to discuss the future or they want to like kind of skirt around it, or they say they want to be committed, but yet you want to talk about where is this going? What do you foresee? Would you like to be married again? Would you not, you know, do you just want to date? Is this just a fun playing the field situation. Um, I find a lot of times if they don't want to discuss it further, that's usually a key sign that they're just kind of maybe playing the field or there's somebody else besides you that they're talking to or dating. Yeah. One of my red flags is, is I was old school raising kids, you know, I mean, old school. And um, (laughs) if I dated a, a, a woman who the kid ran amok, that drove me nuts. And, and I've done that a couple of times thinking I could fix the world, but you can't fix that because you don't have the same values <laughs> right. of raising kids. But I've, I've seen some stuff. Oh man. It just, just <laughs> God, it makes me feel sick right now thinking about it, but I've seen some right. crazy stuff where the kids control. And I even had mm-hmm. one girl that I was dating tell me that she thought I was mean to my kids because I had control of them. Oh my goodness. Yes. yes. Right. Yes. What's another right. red flag? Um, another red flag to me is if um, the if you're getting serious with that person and you're you know possibly taking it to the next level, maybe wanting to move in or you know increase the commitment to go to exclusivity or especially with moving in, I would say talking about your finances. Like, what do you believe as far as finances? Because finances can kill a relationship very quickly. Yeah. And if you're not on the same page with that, or you don't have the same values, like you said, just like with raising kids, having the same values with money is important too. Uh, have you ever read the uh, five love languages by Gary Chapman? Yes, I have. Yes. What is, what is your love language? Service. Mine's acts of service. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. My, my exes was, was gifts, uh, 
believe it or not. But I I think that love languages plays a real big part at in a dating. Oh yes. Yeah. Because yes. I found that after uh for a while there I, I was serial dating and my co-host kissed <laughs> me about that. But but I think that serial dating is more of a healing process, kinda. Right. You know, you, know, you meet people, this, that, and the other. But mm-hmm. it's I think it's also tied with love languages that you figure out you know, I think that two acts of service people can get together, but maybe an act of service and a gift person can't get together. Right. Yeah. Yes. No, I I agree that love. I never really understood love languages. Like I had heard people talk about the book mm-hmm. like earlier in life, but I didn't really take it too seriously because sometimes when you're younger, you're like, okay, well, that's great that you're reading that, but my relationship's just fine. <laughs> when you find out later, you're like, it makes no, a whole lot no, of sense, doesn't it? It does. It does. Yes. If you read that after going through like a breakup or a divorce, oh my gosh, yes. Kind of makes sense why you're not there. One of my deals yeah. was, um, and I'll admit this, is that I stayed too long. I never cut bait quick enough. And, yes. <laughs> and, you know, we've all done it. Um, oh, yeah. I've, you know, you go through the standpoint, is that, okay, I can make this work. It's not that bad. I can change it. Uh, yes. What else yes. is out there? You know, you you talk yourself into a corner un, uh, until mm-hmm. it's like, okay, enough's enough. But I've done it where, like, I've stayed in three months, six months, even a year too long. But- Hopefully you learn from each of those missteps. Right. And yes. move on from there. But yeah, stand too long was one of my one of my deals. But you have to learn right. from all that. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I definitely think too, sometimes we like you said, you get caught in the cycle of thinking that you can fix it. Like I can master this. I, you know, I'm successful at work and I'm great with my kids. Why can't it work with my partner too? Like this is, this should be easy. This should be a simple fix. And, and sometimes it's really not, it's much more difficult than what we realize at the time. And then, you know, because we're older and uh, you started dealing with medical issues, you know, Um, you you know, I was talking with my co-host, you know, when do you tell that person you're dating that you have this medical issue you know at what point right. should, you, should you reveal because you don't want to <laughs> not tell them but right. you want to tell them too fast right. so there's always a like a gray area there in in order oh, to yeah. divulge what's going on because you don't want to take care of an old man either <laughs> or, or i don't want to take care of an right. old man either oh heck no heck no <laughs> um what are what are some of the other points um um, I think it's really important to talk about, um, like you said, raising kids. Like if you're going to have a blended family, I have a friend right now who has a blended family. She had two boys and the guy that she's very serious with just moved in together and he has two sons as well. So they're in this period of trying to adjust, but also how to discipline because when they're not your children, you know, how... Yep do you discipline? What are the expectations going forward? I think that's so important when you have kids involved, you have to really talk about that and say, you know, this is what I expect from my kids. If they do X, Y, and Z, you know, this is typically how I punish them. What, 
what happens when it's your child doing that? How am I allowed to punish them or do I need to wait until you're home or in the room with me before we continue? Like, how does this work? I think that's really important again, too. With but one of the worst things I ever heard date, dating a woman with kids was the little kids say, you're not my dad. It's like, oh, geez. But if I was, <laughs> if I was, you just don't know. So how important <laughs> is communication? You know, everything we touched on oh my gosh. involves communication. And if it does, you know, men, men yeah. are from Venus, women are from Mars. And there's such a <laughs> right. huge gap. And when I got divorced, there was one thing I wanted, wanted to work on, and it was my communication. And my staff let me know that I was a horrible communicator. So that was one of the things I tried to work on. And I'm, <laughs> and it's an ongoing process. But but yes. what, what men say and women hear is different from what women say and men hear. It's totally different sometimes. Oh, oh, it is. It's completely different. Um, I think... One of the things I've talked about on my podcast, Dirty Dishes, is that I've talked about picking a time to talk. Um, Because sometimes we try to talk to our partner or our spouse and we're in the middle of making dinner or we're in the middle of chores or finishing a project at work or whatever we're in the middle of. Mm -hmm. And we're not focused on each other and what we're saying to each other. And that's where I get a lot of texts sometimes um, between me and my husband now where it's like, what did you say? And I was like, I told you, you know, (laughs) but we have different listening skills too. guys can really tune out. Whereas women are more hyper focused. (laughs) (laughs) Well, too, also with texting, you know, there's a different definition and understanding with texting, you know, Mm -hmm. you can't like inflect, you know, you can't put emotion in there. And sometimes it mm-hmm. comes off blase and, and it's totally different than what you meant. Oh yeah, for sure. Yes. I've, I've had that where I've come home and been mad at him and he's like, well, that's not even what I meant. And I yeah. said, well, that's totally how I took it. And you just can't, um, yes, like you said, they don't understand what we're truly saying at times because text is just very generic. <laughs> yeah. How did you start the podcast, Dirty Dishes? What's the... What's the story behind that? That is a cool name for a podcast. Um, I actually started it um, a couple years ago when the pandemic happened. Um, I was off work. You know, some of us got laid off furloughed, and I was one of those people. And I had bounced around with the idea off and on. Um, but I decided I wanted to share what was going on um, in my life at that time. And I also wanted to talk about divorce and the process that happens in relationships because I wanted it to be real because we don't all have a friend that like I was lucky enough to have to say, this is normal. This is what you're going through. And this is the phases that you'll deal with. Um, So I wanted to, share that with people. And it grew from there because we all have stuff in our lives that we don't care to talk about, or maybe we're scared to talk about. And so I just wanted to let people know that you can be real and say how you feel. And if you're going through that difficult situation, you're not alone. Yeah. I think I told you that I did a divorce recovery seminar in downtown Cardinal Springs at a church, uh, okay. like 10, yes, 12 years yes. ago. And mm-hmm. um, I became I became a facilitator in the in the process. But most of my friends, most of my true good friendships, were all divorced. 
you know, you know, it's almost like like-minded people just hang out. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, um, and they're falling one by one. You know, a lot of them have girlfriends, a lot of them are getting married. And there's something that I never thought I'd do. You know, I do have a special lady in my life. And there's no way I thought I'd go through this because I was going through some crazies. Crazies. <laughs> there's, and you, and you almost get disheartened. You know, because because you never think about getting married right. again. You never ever think about getting married no. again until it bites you and slaps you upside the head. Right. And you don't have a chance even even to respond. But that is cool. Uh, you have a co-host for 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 Dirty Dishes. Yes. No. Nope. It's okay. just me. Um, I just do my own thing. I pick a subject um, once a week and I just talk about it. Um, it could be divorce. It could be going through grief. Um, it could be dealing with addiction or infertility. What whatever. Um, we all have things in our sink of life that um, are pretty difficult at times. So what do you think about the uh, divorce process and the stages of grief? You know, you, you just talked about that. You just touched on that. I th- I think there's a lot of truth to that. Um, I read an article that actually compared um, a divorce to a mini death. Yep. And I think that's so true. Um, you go through all the stages. And I never really thought about it that way until I read that. And, I, and it just really hit home for me. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, that is so true. Um, because... You do have the anger. You do do the bargaining. Like maybe if I would have done something different or acted differently, or maybe you even think, well, maybe I wouldn't even have gotten married at all. Maybe I should have walked away well before that. Um, And then you can also go into denial too about things because coming out of a divorce, sometimes you don't want to believe that maybe you caused some of it. And that's a very hard thing to look at. Um, to realize that, you know, maybe you weren't the best version of yourself when you were with that person. That's very true. Uh, one of the uh, modules that we talked about in the divorce recovery is that it's never 100 zero. You know, you have mm-hmm. to you have to really see your part in it because it, because everybody has a part, you know, you know oh, yes. what happens. And that's a hard pill to swallow. You know, like if he, it is. if he did all the wrong things, there's no way that I have a part in it, but, but you kind of do sometimes. Yeah. And, and that's a hard pill to swallow. It, it was very hard for me to realize that I wasn't always supportive of him. Um, he had some aspirations that I felt were um, really hefty or heavy. And um, I wasn't always supportive of them. I was kind of like, you want to do what? Like, (laughs) so as a, as a wife and a partner, I wasn't the greatest when it came to things that he felt were very important to him. Mm -hmm. So I didn't give him acknowledgement that way. So that was something I really had to um, wrestle with after we split was that I wasn't very supportive at times. How do you not bring the past drama, negativity in a past relationship into the next boyfriend or marriage? How do you separate the two? You know, how do you start with a clean slate? That was tough for me, too. Oh, I was just very honest. Um, I believe in being as honest as you can be when you first meet somebody, you know, without scaring them off. (laughs) Um, I just... (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I pretty much said, you know, this is my situation. Um, I can't have children. So if you want to have children in 
you know, this next part of your life that I have to inform you now that that's not going to happen, unfortunately. Um, Also, I just said, you know, I went through a divorce. It was pretty traumatic. And I'm probably going to have some issues with trust. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm trying to work through those. And there's even times now it'll present itself in my marriage that I'm in now. And I have to kind of step back and remind myself I'm not in that same situation, but I think when any, anytime you're with somebody for any length of time prior, um, whether you're married or fully committed to each other and it ends, sometimes you unfortunately bring that baggage with you and you just have to kind of step back and realize, okay, this isn't the person that hurt me. This is the person that cares about me. There's a difference. And that's a hard, like I said, that's a hard pill to swallow too, you know, to go from the standpoint- of like, hey, I, I need to step back and and uh, just let this happen. Um, and once again, having the realistic expectations um, or not having uh, those old expectations again of doing the same old oh, thing. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 Same old thing. Yeah. Because, you know, red flags can trigger old expectations. Oh, yes. For sure. Yes. For sure. <laughs> What's the craziest date you've been on since you've been divorced? That's that's one of my favorite questions. <laughs> I and I'll don't tell you have mine. a crazy date, but I had a guy. I had moved out of the house and into an apartment, and there was a gentleman that lived um, across the way from me. Um, we were both on the second floor, and I had casually bumped into him a few times, knew his name, um, didn't think much of it until one morning I came out and there was a note on my car from him with his cell phone number asking him to contact me or asking me to contact him. I'm sorry. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is kind of weird, kind of high school, but okay, whatever. And then I was going to sit on it for a couple of days. Well, this gentleman's mom was over at his apartment and she actually yelled down to me one day when I was throwing out the trash saying, hey, you ever going to call my son? Dang. So what happened? Like, I was so caught. Did you ever call him? I texted him and told him that I wasn't really ready to date right now. Come you on, know, Joe. I'm flattered. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I think the mom thing just blew my mind because I was just like, wait, what? That, like, that's a mom taking care of even... that's a mom taking care of her son. Yes. Yeah. Yes, hello. It is. Yes. <laughs> wow. I went uh, one of my crazies, which I've told the listeners before. Uh, this is when I was freshly divorced and I was kind of serial dating. I, I had taken this date to a Chinese restaurant. And, um, so we're at the Chinese restaurant. We're talking, eating, and I hear these sounds coming from her stomach, like, <laughs> you know, her stomach is not very happy. So I said, Hey, yeah. are, are you okay? She goes, I have IBS and Chinese food really jacks me i said well maybe you should have told me before we came here and we could have got um um, mexican she goes oh mexican's worse so (laughs) so we sat there and 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 ate and and um i uh excused myself went to the bathroom and i had a friend of mine call me 
or 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 yeah, call me like ten minutes later. Later, I said, "Hey, Jim, call me ten minutes later and just go with the flow." He goes, "Okay." So, so he called me ten minutes later, and I said, "Excuse me for a second. I, I got to get this." Yes, Mrs. Johnson, a toothache? Yes, abscess? Yes, I'll I'll be there in an hour. So I said, "Hey, I really have to go. <laughs> this this lady has an abscess too." So maybe we can continue this another day. And she goes, okay. So I took her home and and went home. And that was it. Yeah. I yeah. Yeah. That's you gotta, yeah, that's you gotta tell me, you know, we can't go to Chinese. Yes. Say something. You know? If if right. we need to go yeah. get some get some rice with with uh <laughs> butter, tell me ahead of time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh so you, you know, things like that. And um Yes. I'm a firm believer back when I was dating that women and, and men can hide crazy three, six, nine, 12 months. And there's times oh, yeah. you have to no, really, really find that crazy or it's a crazy isn't mm-hmm. there. So I've done right. some stuff to find the crazy sometimes. Like one time I pretended <laughs> I was lost and I was getting mad. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I miss those days. <laughs> Oh yeah. So yeah. But um, what kind of advice would you give our listeners? uh, Somebody who's just fresh out out of of a divorce. Um, Don't jump right back into the dating pool. Give yourself time to heal. Um, That's one thing that I found interesting is how many people would say, Oh, when are you going to date again? Or, um, I know this really great website where you can date online or, you know, are you going to get married again? You know, those are, those are questions that can wait yeah. and it may feel like pressure, but you have to step back and just give yourself time to go through the process and find out who you are again after everything you've been through. Yeah. It's a uh, tough, um, now, are those people that are married or people that are single that are, that are giving that advice? They One was married and one was single. So I had a little mix of people that were trying to offer advice on dating again or not. <laughs> yeah. And what's interesting is that the married people have no clue. And, and you, you know, hey, bless their souls. They try to help you. Right. Sometimes they have no right. clue. So yes. you have to pick and choose your advice. And even even some yes. of the divorced people have no clue. So No, they it, don't. It, yeah. It, it kind of goes both ways. You know, you, you have to pick and choose it, your yes. friends. And, you know, it's I, I tell people it's kind of like going to a, a um, convention and you go to a bunch of seminars. Everything in that seminar is not for you, but you have to pick and choose what points and or methods that right. you apply in your life. Yes. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, very interesting. Alrighty, Joe, that was fun. Okay. Well, thanks, Joe, for the coffee talk about divorce subjects. It was fun and enlightening. We look forward to having you back on the show again. Good luck with all your future podcasts. That's it for our podcast, Divorce Devil Episode 77. Have a good night. <laughs>